Well, again, good morning. Uh, glad to have you here today. Again, my name is Pastor Ben, one of the pastors here at Hope. Special welcome to you if you're joining us online here today. Uh, I think that if many of us can think back, there have been many times in our lives where we gather with a group of people, maybe family members, friends, and some point in the gathering, we end up saying a prayer together. Uh, maybe some of those prayers could be the Lord's Prayer. We say that every time we gather here for worship. Maybe something like the Serenity Prayer. We said that at our church council meeting this last week. Or even the Come Lord Jesus Prayer, something similar where you say that before a meal. Uh, these are, are prayers that have a wonderful po uh, power and opportunity to join a group of people together under one solid foundation. And yet, if you've ever noticed about prayers very similar to this, is if we're not careful, these prayers can very quickly lose their meaning. If we don't engage ourselves in the prayer, they just become a bunch of meaningless words. It, it turns into a, a very boring experience. But if we do engage ourselves with the prayer, if we're constantly thinking about the words that we're saying, we're engaging heart, soul, body, mind, everything in this prayer, it changes it. It transforms it from being a boring prayer to a beautiful prayer. It changes it from being this mindless exercise to this intentional plea. Can you imagine what would happen in your life if every time you prayed, you approached it with this mindset? What would happen to your own life? What would this mean for your family? Every time you pray, you engage together. What would that mean for our church? What could that mean for our community? You see, the same is true with the songs that we sing. Every time we gather for worship, we don't just sing about God. We sing to God. This is a prayer. Therefore, what if every time we read words upon the screen when we were singing these songs, we weren't just mindlessly reading the words, but what would happen if we fully engaged ourselves in every single word that we were saying, so much so that it wasn't just our mouths that were singing, but it was our very soul that was singing as well. That's a church I want to be a part of. And that's a church I hope that you want to be a part of as well. We're in our series right now called Then Sings My Soul. We're talking about just that, how we are engaging ourselves with God so much so that he would allow our very souls to sing. In this series, we've been looking at the many time-tested hymns that have helped create the foundation for how you and I worship the Lord through song. And uh, today we're going to look at the, the old hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And what we're going to see here in just a moment is if this is one of those hymns, if we're not careful, uh, like many others, uh, we can easily read the words of this hymn and we can sing it without any understanding of what the hymn actually means. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, confusing terminology. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. If you've ever wondered what an Ebenezer is, uh, so have I. Um, you know, there's other questions like praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, you know, let thy goodness like a fetter. There's just a lot of different terminology that I just want to bring some clarity here today so that every time we engage with this hymn and others like it, we know exactly what it is that we're singing and our heart does not become divorced from our song. And so to do that, I want to look at the very foundation of how this song was created. It goes back to the early 1700s. There's a young boy by the name of Robert Robinson who likely grew up in a Christian household, lived with his family here in America, and at the age of 16, his mother sent him over to London to be an apprentice and to learn a new trade. Something like this is very uncommon today for, you know, to send a 16-year-old overseas, but very common back then. So he was sent over there, and he's learning his trade and becoming a leader, 
And as he's over in London, he gets mixed up with the wrong crowd. And he begins to veer away from the Lord for the very first time in his life. And somehow, by the grace of God, he found himself under the preaching of one of the great American preachers by the name of George Whitfield. And maybe even for the first time ever, he heard the message of the gospel, that Jesus died for sinners. Jesus died for those who were wandering, for those who were going astray, that his blood was shed so that they would no longer wander, but that they would be reunited with the holy God. And when he rose from the dead, that means that we no longer have to fear death, but we have the hope of eternal life through his blood shed for us on the cross. And as he's preaching, something deep hit within Robinson because later on he rededicated his life to the Lord. And not long after that, he actually began to preach at a local church. He began to pastor a local congregation. And to elevate his preaching, he uh, became a hymn writer. And so one year for his sermon at Pentecost, he wrote this hymn called Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing so that he could amplify his preaching about the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do here today is just walk through the three verses with you here. And what we're going to see together are three prayers that you and I can say every morning when we wake up, every day in and throughout the day, and every evening before we go to sleep. And we're going to look at the impact that these three prayers can have on every single one of our lives. So let's begin with the first verse. I... Uh, Brought my ukulele today, so we're going to have just a little fun. I want to invite you to join me in singing worship here this, uh, together this morning. We're going to sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Let's sing together. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, calls for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some Eliotis song, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain, fix upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. This leads us to our very first prayer of the morning. And our first prayer is, teach me. Teach me, specifically, teach me to sing. Notice how Robinson writes, he says, Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above. You see, what he's trying to get us to do is he's asking Jesus Christ, who is the fount of every blessing, to teach us to sing, just as the flaming tongues did that day at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Listen now, the Apostle Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. He says, Being filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just want to ask you here this morning, when you come to church, do you sing? When you go to work in the morning, does your soul sing? When you come home from a busy day, is your soul still singing? 
When everything is going well in your life, are you singing praises to the Lord? And when everything appears to be falling out from underneath your feet, does your soul still sing anyways? You see, this prayer is for anybody who would say that you've maybe gone to church your entire life. Maybe you've prayed every prayer. You've been through all the Sunday school classes, but you would say that your relationship with Jesus just doesn't give you joy. You don't have joy. It's just you've been going through the motions. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just something that you've done because you've always done it. But in this song, in this verse, what we're asking him to do is not just to get us to sing, because anybody can sing, but we're asking Jesus to teach us to sing, to give us such a heart filled with his presence that we cannot help but overflow into song in every area of our life. Fill my heart, Lord, with your presence so that just as we tune a guitar to make a beautiful sound, you attune my heart to sing of your praise. You see, it's not just to get us to do an action. Anybody can sing, but not everybody sings in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why, again, we don't just sing about God. We are singing to God. Therefore, Lord, teach us to have a heart so full of joy that we cannot help but have it overflow into every area of our lives through song. Teach me. This is our first prayer. And that's going to lead us into our second prayer of the morning. If you want to join me in singing verse two of our hymn, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. Let's sing. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, all sound beautiful this morning that leads us to our second prayer our second prayer this morning is rescue me rescue me specifically rescue me from danger listen to his words robinson writes jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of god he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. He saved us from, rescued us from danger. What's the danger? The danger appears to be that all of us at some point in our life, at one point or another, in our brokenness and in our sin, have wandered from God. That in so doing, in so wandering, we've actually become a stranger to God. Think about that. We don't always use that kind of language, but in our wandering, we've wandered so far that we've become a stranger to God. We've wandered so far that we don't even know where he is anymore. We feel like there's no connection. And yet, I love how Pastor Craig Rochelle puts it. He said it this way, if you ever find yourself far from God, remember, he's not the one who moved. So let me ask you this morning, are you wandering? Maybe I should ask you, when is the time that you've wandered? It's not, if you're anything like me, it's not if you've wandered, it's when you've wandered. Are you a stranger to God here today? Do you need to be rescued? 
If this is your prayer here today, listen to how Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. He says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen, it has always been God's will to rescue us from that which leads us to wander from him. It's always been his will to rescue us from anything in my life that is causing me to wander from his presence. And the reality here today is that some of you are here and you're wandering. You're becoming more and more distant from the Lord, and that's the prayer for you here today. You need to be rescued. But in the middle of all of this, that's where we sing in that song, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. Has anybody ever wondered what an Ebenezer means? All right, three of you, cool. Um, <laughs> Ebenezer, uh, me too. It's a Hebrew word, which means stone of help. It's taken us back to 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. And in this passage, Samuel is raising his Ebenezer and he's reminding all of God's people that every time they had gotten themselves into trouble and tried to fix it themselves, it never worked. Whatever problem they had when they just tried to take matters into their own hands and try to take control of the situation, it never fixed the issue. But whenever they raised their Ebenezer, whenever they raised their stone of help, whenever they called upon the name of the Lord, he came to rescue every single time. His faithfulness was made evident whenever they would call upon his name. And I think there's a beautiful message for that for us here today, that when we're in trouble, when we need to be rescued, we cannot rescue ourselves. If I'm on an island all by myself, I can't get off the island on the safe shore all in my own strength. I am a swimmer. I swam all throughout high school. And even so, there's a point where you get, you know, in the middle of the ocean where you can get so far, some of us may be further than others, but all of us are going to hit a point where we're going to drown. We need someone to come with a safe boat, with someone with a helicopter, and get us off that island and bring us safe to shore. And that's the message of the gospel. That while we couldn't get off this island of sin and death ourselves, Jesus Christ came to our rescue. He's the only one with a boat sturdy enough, with a plane strong enough to get us back to shore, to get us back to safe ground. You see, there's no storm in life too big for Jesus Christ. There's no sin in your life too big for him to forgive. You're never too far gone, too far wandered for him to bring you back safely to shore. You see, that's where we need to come to a point where we can call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, regardless of where I am in my life, I need you to come to my rescue. That's why we say he brought us safely to home by interposing his precious blood. To interpose means to intervene, to place in the middle. You see, while we were wandering, while we were still sinning, Jesus Christ died on the cross and he shed his blood upon that cross to close that gap, to place himself as a mediator between us and the Father so no longer would our sins separate us and no longer would we have to suffer eternal punishment, but we could have the hope of eternal life. Rescue me, Lord. That is our prayer. And yet, as wonderful, as powerful as this prayer is, it is incomplete without our third and final prayer. 
I want to invite you to sing with me the last verse of this hymn as together we sing, O to grace, how great a debtor. Let's sing together. O to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it. third and final prayer which binds everything together is bind me bind me specifically bind me to you look at how robinson puts it um oh to grace how great a debtor daily i'm constrained to be let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee let thy goodness like a fetter. What is a fetter? A fetter is a chain. In this prayer we are saying, Lord, chain me to yourself. If you ever see people in prison or anything where they have the chains that bind their feet together so that they cannot leave, that's our prayer. Bind me to yourself. Chain me to yourself so that I cannot leave. And you see, when we pray the prayer, rescue me, we're asking God to rescue us from all the times in our life that we have wandered. But when we ask him to bind me, we are asking him to never let us wander again. Listen to King David's words in Psalm 119, verse 10. He says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Man, if there's been any one of these three prayers that's reigned true for me the last 10, 15 years, that's been the prayer Man, this is almost thought of, to have been autobiographical of Robin Robertson's life where he was prone to water, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. These were not just lyrics that he just made up. This was about his life. And I feel like even though I can stand up here and say, yes, Jesus Christ has saved me, I can also say at the same time, as your pastor, I am still prone to wander. Man, every day in my life, I know that he has brought me safe to shore, but there are some days where I just feel myself wandering back out to sea. And see, that's where I need him to bind me to himself so that I don't go back out to sea because I know he's already rescued me. You see, I need him to bind me to himself. I can't bind myself to God. If I would have been able to bind myself to God, I never would have left him in the first place. If he doesn't do the work of Binding himself to me, man, we are never, ever going to make it. And so I need to ask you here today, if there is one of these prayers, of these three prayers, teach me, rescue me, bind me, that reigns true in your life at this point in your life right now, which one of these prayers would that be? Maybe some of you are here today and you've played the church game your whole life, you've always gone to church You've sung the songs, you've prayed the prayers, you've gone through the classes, you've read your Bible, but you have never had a heart that belongs to the Lord. You've never found joy in your faith. 
There's never been this wellspring of joy that you just can't help but sing his praises. Man, may your prayer be, teach me, Lord, to sing. Maybe you're here today and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've had one in the past, but you know it's grown cold over the years and you know that you need to be rescued. That's your prayer. Or maybe if you're like me, you recognize I've been rescued. I know I've been saved. I know I've been forgiven. I've come to Jesus by grace through faith, but I still find myself prone to wander. Every so often, I still find myself seeking after worldly things and and I know that I need to be bound to God so that I never leave him again. Man, what would happen if every morning we woke up, we prayed all three prayers? Every day throughout the day and every evening before we went to bed, if all of us joined together in saying these three simple prayers, what would happen in your life? What would happen to your family, your kids, your marriage? What would happen in our church, in our community? You see, we know that every time we lift our voice to the Lord and we call upon him with these three prayers and we join our very hearts and we don't allow them to be divorced from the words that we say. Every time we call upon the name of the Lord, he will be faithful to answer all of these prayers according to his perfect, pleasing will. And when we call upon his name, he will also be faithful to carry us through to everlasting life. May these three be the prayers that you and I call upon the name of the Lord of every single day. Amen. Father, we call upon your name this morning. And Father, we recognize that for many of us, we may have a relationship with you, but we've lost all joy. Or maybe some of us don't have a relationship with you, and we need that desperately today, and we need you to rescue us. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who just feels themselves prone to wander, I pray, Lord, that you would grant them the miracle of binding themselves to you so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, through these three prayers, through these these three foundations, Lord, you would draw us all into everlasting life. We ask this, Lord, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. amen.